0: You're listening to
1: PetLifeRadio.com. It's Sunday, February 26th, 2012. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life as a Human online magazine. Life as a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeisahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad canine nation is about learning understanding and living successfully with our dogs modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog a canine athlete or a trusted companion positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs, or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause.
0: Well, four to be exact. Petco. Where the pets go Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Hi, I'm Angelina. Join me for some great training tips to live a happy, healthy, peaceful life together with your best friend. And by the way, they're not the only ones that
1: learn something new.
0: Join me for Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com
1: My Dominant Dog and How I Cope This week, as I was surfing the web, I ran across one of many articles on how to determine if your dog is dominant. Those of you who regularly read my writings know how I feel about the whole notion of dogs attempting to dominate their owners. Those who may be new to my writings on dogs and dog training May want to read my previous articles, The Myth of Alpha Dogs or Blunt Force Trauma Canine Reality to get an idea of where I stand. Those two articles are also available here as podcasts. So as I read through this particular web page, my reaction went from the usual eye rolling to amusement. I thought it might be interesting for me to share with you my assessment of my dog, Tiramisu, as I went through the descriptions I found on the web page. What strikes me as interesting is the warning tone that these articles present. Here we have, in the dog, an animal specifically bred to be cooperative with humans. Centuries of selective breeding have, presumably, produced the most compatible animal for working in human societies of all types. And yet, somehow, articles like the ones I ran across caution me to look out for signs of dominance in case my adorable companion should suddenly morph into a diabolically clever wild animal bent on controlling every aspect of my life. I suppose I should explain that I'm not including the author or the address of the website where I got these warning signs. The reason for this is simple. You could just type dominant dog in your favorite search engine and you will come up with at least 50 articles that will tell you the same things I found on this particular site. It seems that many dog trainers and dog training professionals are keenly interested in identifying your dominant dog for you. I'm guessing that's because they would be happy to help you with your dominant dog before something bad happens. For a fee, of course. So let's see how my dog stacks up against these warning signs of dominance that I encountered. Item 1. Protectiveness of possessions, to include toys, food, or even people. Snarling and snapping when the dog feels someone or another dog is too close to his things. The books that I've read about dogs and behavior have a term for this. They call it resource guarding. It's how a dog lets a person or other dog know that this thing is mine and you can't have it right now. Since dogs are evolved scavengers, it's no surprise that they would want to hoard their resources unless they had easy access to more anytime they wanted. So will my Tira snarl or snap if I try to snatch something away from her? You bet. And she will regularly warn our other dog, Rizzo, when he makes a move for something that she wants to keep. But here's the thing. That's not only natural, it's the correct response. You would be a little snarky if someone just walked up and took your brownie right out of your hand. But we also train our dogs. Can I take anything away from Tira? Yes. Even food or something she really wants? Yes. We train two very specific commands. Drop and leave it. For just such occasions. We train both with positive reinforcement. Drop what's in your mouth and you will either get it back or get rewarded with something better for the drop 80-90% to 90% of the time. The same is true for leave it. If you back off the object when we ask, you will likely get a good reward for cooperating. Item 2. Tries to stare you down. As I sit here reading this, Tira is looking at me from across the room. She's lying comfortably on the love seat and looking at me. We make eye contact, and she doesn't necessarily look away to avoid my eyes. Is this a staring contest? Is it a battle of wills? Hardly. You see, Tira has been reinforced hundreds of times for looking at me. It's a behavior we deliberately trained. Why? Because I will need her undivided attention from time to time. I could just as easily train her to look away from me when I look at her. But that isn't nearly as useful. Item 3. Repeatedly ignores well-known commands or refuses to move out of the way when you ask. Tira is a pretty well-trained dog, I think. She responds reasonably well to cues I give her in most situations. She is, after all, a champion in the sport of dog agility. But there are times when situations or environments are more distracting and there are things that are much more interesting to her than I am. So I may have to repeat a cue several times before getting a response, if I even get one at all in high-distraction environments. And Belgian shepherds are notorious for being right where you want to be when you want to be there. It seems I frequently have to ask her to move out of the way, and sometimes she's looking for something, or is into a smell and is not willing to leave right away. I've taught Tira to back up, and she knows directional cues if I point in a direction and ask her to go. Somehow, we work it out. I ask for the easy stuff when it's very distracting, and I'm willing to get her attention with a touch or a quick hey if I need her attention. Am I being dominated? I doubt it. Item 4. Nudges or mouths you, insisting to be petted or played with, trying to make you comply with his wants. My Tira has never particularly been an attention hound when it comes to physical affection. But Rizzo, our younger dog, can be very insistent about what he wants. He regularly ambushes either my wife or me by shoving a toy into the back of a leg and wrapping a paw around to solicit play. Similarly, he has no problem walking under an outstretched hand or ducking under an arm for some affection. Do we give it to him? Sometimes. Does he always get what he wants? No. Who makes the choice? We, the humans, do. Here's another dog secret for you. All dogs are trying to get what they want all the time, Most well-behaved dogs have learned from experience that nudging, mouthing, or pestering will not get them what they want, so they use the things that they have found do work. The very things that we teach them to do in order to get that treat or be let out, get some physical affection from us, or any other object that they desire. Dogs will nudge and mouth and pester if we show them that that kind of behavior works to get them what they want. So is that the dog's fault? Item 6. Persisting to walk in front of you or go out of a door before you. I don't think I've ever known a time when Tira was not walking out at the very end of her leash when we went for walks. In fact, when she was only 8 months old, she snapped a leather leash trying to see what was in the bushes ahead of us. It's for that reason that I use a harness instead of a collar when we go on walks. This prevents injuries to her throat. I also clip her leash to my waist rather than let her pull my arm while holding a leash. Does she go out the door before I do sometimes? Yes. Know why? Because she wants to go outside. Not because she wants to show me who's boss around here. But if I pull her in on a short leash and if I ask her Tira will walk nicely next to me and she will wait before rushing out the door, in the house or in the car, if I ask her. There's that training thing again. Item 7. Being stubborn, hard-headed, and willful. Demanding, pushy, forceful, and greedy. Well now, on this one, they have me stumped. How on earth would I know if my dog is hard-headed or willful? Aren't all of those subjective terms? I could say that Tira is being pushy if she needed to go out and I didn't feel like getting out of bed on a cold morning. Is she being stubborn if she refuses to walk near something she finds frightening when I know it isn't dangerous? And frankly, I would have to say that all dogs are greedy considering they are scavengers and opportunists. But again, that's my value judgment and nothing at all to do with objectivity. So if I look at the criteria set out in this and other articles to determine whether or not my dog is exhibiting dominant behaviors, I might have to conclude that I might be in trouble here. After all, Tira exhibits many of these warning signs on an almost daily basis. But as I read this, Tira is lying on the floor across from me. She alternates between dozing and looking out the window at the trees. I'm confident in my belief that she is not secretly constructing clever and elaborate plans for the ultimate takeover and running of our household. There is a theme that runs through many of my articles here at Life as a Human. And that theme is simply that we need a better understanding of the dogs that are such an important part of our lives. Getting that better understanding isn't all that difficult. The information we need is out there. The real challenge is sorting the marketing and hype from the facts. And as I've said in other articles, only the dogs themselves can give us the facts. In his book, The Gift of Fear, security expert Gavin De Becker makes a case that there is an entire industry that has built up around fear and selling ways to keep you safe from vaguely described but ominous threats. Selling you on the idea that your dog is a wild animal, like the wolf, and that without professional help you may be in dire trouble with your dog is just one more way that people can take your money. Trying to sort out dog behaviors into easily understood analogies of human motives and behavior doesn't do justice to either our dogs... Or our ability to work and live with them successfully. Maybe it's time we took these warning signs of dominance for what they really are. Outdated and amusing attempts to make dog training and management far more heroic than it actually is. I don't control my dog. I work with her. I don't command my dog. I cue behaviors. I'm not my dog's pack leader because dogs are not pack animals. I am my dog's guardian. A parent, if you will, and I take that responsibility pretty seriously. In the end, my dogs and I are pretty happy together, up here, on the sofa, where I let Tira be as pushy as I want her to be. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership, and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast, or link to our k9nation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Let's
0: Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on petliferadio.com
1: Petty White, what's the number one pet radio network in the world? Pet Life Radio. Season Milan, the dog Whisperer. What radio network has over 5 million monthly listeners and over 50 pet talk shows? Pet Life Radio. Rachel Ray, where is the best place to reach potential customers if you have a pet business?
0: Pet Life Radio.
1: Put your business in front of over 5 million pet parents with a radio ad on Pet Life Radio, the award-winning number one pet radio network on the planet. Call sales department today. Call free at 877 385 8882. That's 877 385 8882. Or email us at sales at petliferadio.com. Steve Wozniak, if Apple was a pet business, where would you advertise your eyelash? On Pet Life Radio.